Welcome to the Film Trooper Podcast, where filmmakers become entrepreneurs. With my dad, he's a dork. Hi, and welcome to the Film Trooper Podcast. I'm your host, Scott McMahon, and this is the podcast where we try to help filmmakers become entrepreneurs. And today my guest is James Lyons, and he's from Redmond, Oregon, which is south of Portland, uh, closer to Bend, Oregon, actually. And he reached out to me through um, the social media sphere, as, as wonderful as online connections can be. And he wanted to, to kind of talk shop and discuss his project called Valerie Fox. And you guys get to be a fly in the wall as we talk shop. Anyhow, as always, you can go and get a free gift at freegearguide.com. And what that is is an equipment list, a resource guide to all the equipment that I use to make a feature film with no crew. And that, again, is freegearguide.com. All right, let's just jump right into it. This is my interview with James Lyons um, here on the Film Trooper Podcast. Good. This seat is a little low. A little, they all are. <laughs> these are the tallest seats they have. But over there, it was really low. This is <laughs> funny. I'm glad we moved. <laughs> so um, I'm here with uh, James Lyons. Yeah. Lyons? Lyons, yeah, with an S. Okay, and you have what production company you are? Blue Retina Entertainment Company. Wait, say that again. Blue Heron? Blue Retina Entertainment retina, Company. Like the yeah. eyes. Okay. Yeah. Like okay. that was actually an interesting process how we came up with that. We actually were trying to figure out what we wanted to call the company. Yeah. And we just started throwing out names and we had this process where we just kind of dwindled it down and that ended up sticking. We felt like it sounded like something that had been around for a while, but hasn't. <laughs> interesting. So, so then we're here at the Hyatt Place over by the Portland Airport. Yeah. And you... Uh, Drove up from Redmond. Redmond, right? Oregon, yes. Oregon, which is, like you said, about 20 minutes north of Bend, Oregon, which is yeah. about a three-hour drive. Yeah. It, and you're here to do some meetings. Do some meetings, meet with some people. This, tell us about this project. The well, Valerie Fox project. Yes. Yeah, uh, we are producing a web series called Valerie Fox, and right now we're in the infancy of that. Uh, we just started some principal foot, uh, photography for that. Uh it's basically follows the main character, which is Valerie Fox, and she's basically like a private investigator who, as the story kind of begins, she's lost her adopted father, and she is just starting to learn about these basically supernatural creatures that are running around in her town. So she's she gets met by some angels and stuff that help guide her through this, and she becomes part of what we call the agency, which we tried to find a name for that uh, we kind of made a place marker and called it the agency. Then we decided, what if we just never named it? <laughs> It'd be kind of an interesting little uh, trivia thing. You know, everyone's like, well, what is the agency name? Right, right. And there's never a name for it. So we thought that'd be interesting. So uh, she becomes part of the agency and pulled in. And then she has to start learning about all these interesting, I guess, characters, if you will, that she has to start fighting. What do you, um, if you were to categorize sort of a, a genre, not like don't pitch, p uh, pigeonhole, pigeonhole it, it. One, like, but and you that's what's create, hard to do. I know you can create it more because right. um, I, I just read this really great article um, about the analytics of uh, Netflix and they yes. are sort of reverse engineering the, the genre thought process of films and the way they went about um, having all these viewers um, that were part of their program to tag movies, but like very weird specific movies. Right, like, and matter of fact, this, uh, I think Netflix is kind of pioneering this new uh, way that we look at 
um, productions. Mm-hmm. Like you have this, uh, everybody kind of gets pigeonholed and they're like, well, that's not really what it is. You know, you have like the genres like action, sci-fi, adventure, fantasy, whatever you want, you know, but some people will say like, well, yeah, it's a action. Actually, yet it's kind of yeah. a drama, yet it's actually, you know. They actually got into something weird. It's like so specific the genres or, or what you... Th- Based off the films that you saw, that right. you liked, or that you that you rented, or you viewed um, more often than not, they would suggest that you like films that are of um, like steamy Asian, thrillers. Or it's, no, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like it's like Asian adolescence supernatural wow. uh, movies with a, a ambiguous <laughs> ending. Like literally, just yeah. that they said, okay, the, most of the films you like take place in Asia. Most mm-hmm. of the films you like have like maybe a supernatural slant. Right. Most of the films you like have like an ambiguous ending. Yeah. So they were able to cat- really subcategorize all these different films, which is like you can't even. It gets a little really specific. Right. right. So then they kind of have like this. Uh, I guess like the data shows. Um, something like that as if that's like the movie that most people on Netflix watch right and so you're thinking like hey guess what our next film <laughs> it has to be this adolescent Asian yeah. supernatural ambiguous yeah. ending movie it's interesting that's all it is it's like mm-hmm. whatever it is mm-hmm. that we know that that hits really well in yeah and so, uh, I would say with Valerie Fox what yeah. we've what we've uh, categorized it as far as with our social media and different things uh, is like literally action slash sci-fi slash drama Mm-hmm. So, and I really consider it more of an adventure type of production. And there's a lot, what's really hard with this one is we have a lot of underlining backstory that's really hard to not give away at this time when we, when we start going into what is it about and we start talking about it. Um, because we could throw out the fact that, you know, it's, you know, angels versus demons, creatures, vampires, different things like that, uh, supernatural aspect. However, it, there's something behind it that really changes that. And it's something that we are not going to be able to discuss until later as the series unfolds. And right. you get to see some of these characters and what they really are. Because I'll, I'll tell you right now that they're not vampires. They're not that. And so that's kind of an insight that I can give at this time. But there's there's something about them that have created these legendary creatures. And we know them as these creatures, but that's not what they are. Interesting. Let's get... To, to have some value to the listeners as we get into like mm-hmm. maybe some let's say hard hitting questions not like mm-hmm. I'm a journalist or anything let's, what that's, is your that's con- what you are yeah yes. <laughs> exactly you're here to crucify me let's see what what is your perspective on web series like the state of the business yeah I it, think it, what uh, is the, the monet- there's some people that start them but what right and here's mean? the thing as I think there's a few different uh, views on it and uh, the reason why we decided to go into the web series venture if you will um I feel like within about five to ten years, we're looking at web series just being known as series because the way the industry is moving and even in, I guess, Hollywood and networks, if you will, everyone's moving towards an online format anyway. Mm -hmm. You got, you know, CWTV.com and Fox has their own, you know, website version and what's happening is there's this big change because cable companies are starting to die out. Hollywood's starting to die out and you have this wave of online presence where even the devices where you view your television watching and all that is all becoming online compatible and it connects with, you know, your mobile devices. And right now we're in the era of the in-between stage where Netflix kind of started pushing out that, you know, streaming, binge watching, viewing where you have, you sit down and watch an entire season you know, at once. And then now you have like thumb drives, which like Google's starting to come out with where it just kind of scans and you can find what you want to watch online. 
And you have a lot of these people who've been in the networks and involved for so many years branching out and creating their own web series. And I think online television networks, within 10 years, they're going to be the staple. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the big networks are going to have their own versions, and that's where it's headed to, I think. Uh, so being a web series, the reason for that is so that we can kind of get ahead of the curve and start dwelling into that area and start kind of testing the waters and learning from our experiences. Um, I'd hate to be coming into it after it's already solidified itself and then go through all the learning curves that there is. Right. And um, as far as like independent productions and uh, productions that are considered lower budget, if you will, the technology has moved to put, you know, story give the storytellers an ability to actually produce their um, productions, uh, as I've seen on with Erwin and all that. You know, you know, you got things talking about how you can do it for under five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you can do amazing things with a limited uh, amount of resources, and you can grow your resources. And I, I just feel like this is where everything's moving, and we're trying to stay ahead of that. And so I believe web series is not going to be basically a web series soon. It'll be television series will be online right how long um is there a time like a duration like should it be three minutes should it be 15 minutes i think it depends we are um going into full um like 45 46 minute running times oh really on on our episodes and we're doing 20 episode seasons we've mapped out uh the storyline for three seasons Okay, so, so the far. ambition is it's straight up like this could easily just be applied to even like our television. I believe so. Minutes. And what, what, what we did is this actually, this production started out on uh, January of last year. And we uh, the first idea was a 10-minute short. And it was going to be no dialogue. It was just action, just, mm-hmm. you know, gunfights going on, you know, guns going off. But my mind didn't allow me to stay there. And all of a sudden we had this big storyline that we had to, you know, seek and develop and uh the pilot came you know pilot script came out and we're on like our eighth draft of that and so as i looked into the different technologies going on when i first started in film making if you will i was about 19 years old and i'm in my 30s now so this was a while ago and uh working with like avid and stuff like that and just mm-hmm. handy cams and we did uh we started out doing basically uh, amateur ghost hunting and different things like that and trying to put together our own version of reality shows. And when I joined the military, kind of went away from some of that because it was just too busy. And then I came back and met up with my buddy Robert, who was doing his own film and adventure. And this is when prosumers were the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did some incredible things with editing, and then eventually the technology developed, and now you have your DSLRs and all this magical stuff. That's that was pretty game changing. It's game changing. I, I thought the um, the thirty five millimeter adapters were yeah, and the they different were so cumbersome, yeah. But that DSLR came out. That whole evolution just yeah, just the different um, software and different things like that, and the firmware and stuff is just it's starting to bring it because the biggest uh, downfall, I guess, to digital filmmaking is the fact that it don't look like film, and you can't beat that film look. Yeah. And even you know Hollywood and bigger budget productions want to try to go digital, hence you know the red camera and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, as we started looking, I'm more my role in a lot of things is more of the you know executive style you know, production, different things. And so we, I looked at it and wanted to kind of venture back into the film industry. And in 2010, I started working on that. 
And then we, I started looking at these trends and like looking at the whole idea of online TV networks and not like, you know, Netflix, but, uh, but like an actual television network that you can go on and view television through a website. And also it'd be a way, cause right now, what are the things that I think the independent industry lacks is distribution. Mm-hmm. So you have everybody who produces their own film or web series is distributing their own film and web series. And back in the day, you think about the days with like Kevin Smith, for example, you know, working on his films. Uh, he had, um, why is it escaping me? Well, he had um, the Weinsteins. He had Miramax. Yeah, yeah. Behind, yeah Miramax. Um, and Miramax yeah. started out and they were basically, you know, they came out to help distribute. And that wasn't, that started falling away the whole desire to create a distribution thing because everyone wants to make films. They don't want to be the distributor. Right. So um, that's one of the biggest things that this industry lacks. And if we can find a way to do both with the technology we have now, which it should be, you know, there's there's a lot of work involved, but it's rather now simple do you, now. Do you think that distribution is the issue? Because I don't think it's the biggest issue. But or I do think, you think that it's marketing? I think marketing is a big part, and what I'm saying is that it's it's not necessarily that it's the big issue. However, if you had a network that was solely considering independent projects mm-hmm. and asking for people such as you know producers or directors or writers to submit uh, web series or feature films, and they had a place to go where they can jump above, like let's say if they go and sub, if you submit your script in Hollywood, how what's the odds? What are the odds it's getting past the secretaries? Mm-hmm. Yet, if you have a venue, which is an online network, and you're coming to them and the Hollywood aspects out of it, you're, you know, you're kind of, you can go to Hollywood and then come here and come to the online network and see if your project can be accepted. And then we produce it. And then you're on the lineup, so to speak. So is your goal to create a network? Is that right? Yeah. An online television network. And what we would do is we'd break it into eventually... As time goes on with the business plan, we would start breaking it into different channels almost. So right now you'd have your main channel, so we'd have just, you know, our regular programming. And then, you know, eventually we'll branch into children's programming and different things, and you'd have the different options. Right. And uh, the biggest reason for that is because to, in order to sustain, I guess, as a independent filmmaker, you got to, you know... With as inexpensive as things are getting, you still have to have a revenue stream to really continue on bigger than just, you know, here and there projects. And I I believe in collaboration and efforts such as that. So um, one of the big things online, the things that are helping people is ad revenue. And if, 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 if an online formatted television network can start bringing in the ad revenue that the networks do right now... Mm-hmm. then uh, eventually they can sustain an entire independent industry and really compete with Hollywood. Hollywood's, um, by their standards, they're failing right now. They're losing money. That's why you have uh, these bigger budget projects. They have, you know, like E.T. would not, the script wouldn't go through right now. Mm-hmm. It would be too original. They need things that already have a fan backing. You think about, they'll put out movies they'll spend $200 million on and they'll make like $190 million. Right. They're losing money unless it's a big, you know, production like the Avengers or something like that. Right. So, Which has, you know, a built-in audience because it's a right. property. It, it has to be built in. And that's time. why they're you, you, just this year. You think about all the films coming out this year, too. Um, the majority of them are either reboots or remakes or sequels. Mm-hmm. And the problem with because like, you think about the film that Steven Spielberg pushed, the uh, the Abraham Lincoln film. 
took him a while. He struggled with it. They yeah. almost, you know, didn't do it. Right. And so if people like Steven Spielberg are having a hard time in Hollywood bringing out original content, then it's not going to happen. And people are going to start getting wore down by, I mean, people love the Avengers and different things, but people are going to get wore down by not having a new adventure. Right. You know, like things like the Goonies that are a staple, you know, and Back to the Future and all those movies that we remember and they're just original movies. There's no nothing else like it out there. And mm-hmm. you go through this adventure those kind of storytelling is going away because they're going to just pull from comic books or pull from something that already exists with a fan base. Right. And that's what I think is so attractive about certain Hollywood people or network writers coming into the independent world. And if we gave them an outlet where they could be exposed and get the exposure they're looking for, we can get amazing storytellers into the independent world. Right. So what um, the business model then for Blue Retina is... Mm -hmm to create the a network right a network but within the network there's channels eventually so, yes and so each channel i'm assuming has a um a specific sort of genre or interest or right niche. and what would happen is you know as we build it, it it's such a process because as you build right now we have valerie fox and this is the one we want to create to you know really start launching this idea and what we'll start out with is, you know, our YouTube and Vimeo channels in the very beginning, in the very infancy. And then as we build our fan base and as people start tuning in and watching and our investors start coming along, we'll shut that down and we'll start working on our online network. And that'll be one of the original contents that you know, content that we'll have on there. And then what we'll do with our success, you know, then we start branching out and asking other production companies and other independent people come submit your stuff or if we like a web series um, can we bring this on and we have X amount of dollars let's budget this out for this season and see what we can do here and let's put you on this time slot and then you also have the option for on demand viewing and membership opportunities and stuff like that for less commercials now when you say time slot are you trying to, to say like you know Valerie Fox will only be available on Thursday nights well, between 7 and there, 8 there, or it's a combination and I think what needs to happen with the online TV networks is we have to find we have to combine you know the brilliance of Netflix where they have the binge watching and you can watch an entire season or you can watch some on-demand programming because appointment television is kind of hard for people that's why we why DVRs are so popular and different Mm -hmm. things like that Um, so you strike the balance because you want to I guess please your your potential advertising market Mm -hmm. by having some kind of time slot for certain shows like uh so that you know that's locked in and if that gets more viewership each week then you know that's where they pay more for ad revenue than you know say another show that doesn't and now here what here what happens in order to combine that what we do is let's say you're on episode four uh say valley fox airs tuesday nights at nine Mm -hmm. um and we're on episode four you can go in for free and watch the first three episodes for free so you can go in and watch those to get caught up or you can wait for the entire season and watch the whole thing uh, or not for the fr- if you have a membership then you can watch the entire season and then what happens is we kick that out to netflix later once it's already ran through its season and we're going on to the next season then netflix has it you make a deal with them now what we do is if you have like if we have like paid memberships you know let's say the eight dollars a month or whatever then they they have you know access to more with you know less ads Mm-hmm. So you got, you know, like if you think about how Hulu works, it'd be basically a combination of Hulu, Netflix, and a network. I see. So what the advantage for a consumer to have like on demand is the the, the ability not to have to worry about a time slot or right. a release period. Or right. Like and however, even with, um, 
you look at like Netflix, for example, um, they're the shows they have now are basically after the seasons have run. You have to mm-hmm. wait for it to come. And so the, you're going to still have that option. If, if, like, if you're a member of our site, you know, you can, once the season's over, you can watch the entire season. You know, no advertising, just binge watch. Um, and then also we want to cut a deal, you know, by giving it to Netflix, you know, after we're done with it. Um, it's just like how the networks would operate. However, a lot of it would be in-house. You know what I'm getting at there? And so what would happen is we're also giving them the opportunity even though it's an appointment they can watch you know the first couple episodes and if they are a member they can keep watching so um it's just like what's going on now it's all under one roof right so the interesting thing though is um the place that you build has to have a a a value to consumers Mm -hmm. um not only that but a value to the creators because you um you know because there's a lot of different places you can go to you can you know, you can make an independent film and yeah. throw it up on indie. And you can go Vimeo uh, Plus films, and, and there's and all do a lot things. of things. And did a I did a, uh, a survey. The reality is, most people just watch their stuff through Netflix, and sometimes right. they'll rent. Um, they still rent from like um, Redbox, and they'll still buy yeah. DVDs. But on streaming per se, it's just straight Netflix, Hulu to some extent. But uh, some people are now watching Crackle. A very small percentage. Right. Everything still resides in like, look, mm-hmm. I'm cool with just throwing down eight bucks a month for yes. uh, a subscription that have vast amount of access to right. you know shows, mm-hmm. but it, it and movies. And the reality is, is that it seems that Netflix is you know uh, doing well with the um, the binge watching for the old yeah. TV shows and with their analytics being able to start developing and and creating their their original programming. Amazon's coming around; they've got mm-hmm. their own thing coming too. So you have that as a competitor. So the, the as a startup, as an independent, um, what's your perspective in like competing with? We're talking like mega mega companies, right? And I believe the biggest way to do that is to not compete mm-hmm. and to actually format. And like I said, as we go, we go step by step. And what you what we really want to do because I want to keep the inclusion of Netflix and Amazon. And so what we do is once we get credibility and viewership starts rolling in and the series will speak for itself if the series is good enough and people are watching and they can only watch on certain times until the season's done they're going to watch yeah regardless if they like it so what happens even if they wait you know they might wait or whatever um but on majority if you get hooked on something you know you're going to want to try to watch it and what happens is what i would like to do is create a relationship with netflix and amazon i don't think I think with the way they're formatted, it'll be a little bit different. So what we do is we, you know, air our shows and on our network, get our ad revenue, do all that, and then we cut a deal with Netflix and let them decide, you know, is how much is this worth or if is it worth anything at all. And it's all predicated on how successful the show is anyway, right. uh, the different productions that we have. And what we would do to attract, I guess, other... Um, productions is to you know come alongside and help fund them you know pick up the production costs and stuff like that now Netflix is you know they're starting to create their own programming and that's fine and that's just the same as you know Fox creating their own programming as opposed to NBC creating their own programming Mm -hmm. however the one thing that we would be doing is working with Netflix whereas Fox isn't going to work with NBC I see so it creates more of that relationship where we can start maneuvering everything into where it's going to be anyway and start creating a faster paced 
it, the, the thing is everything's going online and it's just a matter of getting there and the big thing holding it back is the ad revenue do you think that's um in the big picture business wise do you think that it, it the caveat is all ad revenue. Um, I don't. I don't think it's entirely that, but I think that's the big part because because, because like Netflix, they have, they make their money off subscriptions. Off, yeah, off of memberships, and I think that's great. And uh, what the that's where the big difference lies in where what we're trying to do. We're gonna be. I think at first you gotta realize that you have to build a fan base, you know, and a viewership uh, before you can really have a lot of members that are gonna come in. And I guess in the beginning is what we would be doing is, you know, you have that network fill, so you're going to be generated off of ad revenue and then eventually membership, which cuts the ad revenue. So when people start, more and more members come in because they're going to, when as a member, they're not going to want to watch commercials. Right. You know, and so you come in as a paid member and then you lose, you know, the, the ads drop off. Right. And so, and since we'd have that, try to develop that, you know, not partnership, but that relationship with Netflix or Amazon, having some of our productions then basically that comes around to the big difference between netflix and our network interesting so then but then there's youtube that has revenue ad revenue right and it's it's not as fast you know like you can go on youtube and uh you know select you know go through adsense and different things like that but it takes a lot yeah i understand like to get it so what i'm asking like let's see those who are very successful on youtube Mm -hmm. you know have millions of subscribers right i mean and they uh, are able to make a living um, because they have that much right there's something ridiculous like even if you get like a million views or a million subscribers or a million views or something like that your your income from youtube is like 50 bucks it's yeah. like the, the revenue is not as much proportionally so right but they're all, all um superstars on youtube um, they have this huge following. Why would right. they break away from YouTube and create this type of network? Yeah, and go on to the network. And that's yeah. uh, that's the one thing that we're going to have to look at as we develop further and figure out our marketing strategies for that. And I think one of the uh, things that could be, I guess, inviting as opposed to that is the fact that when we do create, if we, like I said before, it's predicated on the success of our shows, of our programming that we've created. And if we have a good exposure rate and if we have good people, good revenue coming in ourselves, we can take people who are just starting. And if we believe in their idea, if we find something that's great, we can help them fund their project at a higher production level, bring it onto our network and help distribute it. And I think that would be kind of appealing. I don't know how we would get people to break away from their success they already have on YouTube because that would just be like, you know, me trying to go out right now and take Walking Dead from A&E. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's one thing that's going to be really hard to do because they're already making good money and they're already doing what they need to do. So they're already there. And sometimes you just stick with what you know. And some of these successes on YouTube that have already been successes on YouTube, they, you know, have their following and their sponsorships. And it's not just from AdSense. You know, you got people, okay, well, we think, you know, like you think about like Film Riot or whatever, people are throwing stuff at them all the time. You know, you yeah put this on there and talk about this today and we'll give you X amount of dollars. And so, um, I think it's just with anything you have to go step by step in your business plan and follow your path. And then you start when you come to those areas where it's like, well, uh, where are we at? What is our revenue right now? What is our exposure right now? And how can we develop that further? Do we need these other people from YouTube? Do we need these other people from this? Um, and then we start our marketing strategy for that. 
And I think the other concept to that is the fact that we want to kind of be more inclusive. So the fact that people are having a success on YouTube, that's great. And we want to support that. People having success on Netflix, that's great. We want to support that. Right. You know, and it's more of a joint effort. So if you're a devil's a- playing devil's advocate, if I'm gonna, a, someone who needs to pay for advertising. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that um, reach, you know, it right. used to be television. Yeah. So the Super Bowl comes up. It's like, hey, you got to spend a million, two to a million dollars for a 30 second yes. ad. Because we know for sure the the ratings and the amount of eyeballs. Right. And it's hard to dedicated. beat that Super Bowl. Right. So that, that's the, again, the, the, it is the Super yeah. Bowl, meaning that is the highest mark in terms of advertising right. and eyeballs. Because mm-hmm. why? Because it's a an event that can only happen once. Exactly. It can't be repeated. Exactly. Now what's happened is there's a lot of businesses out there, and there's only so many big businesses that um, have chosen to still use television right. you know, ads because mm-hmm. they still see the demographic the demographic of where they need to sell to. Yeah, However, it's falling off. Falling off because they're getting much more specific. So in the for Valerie Fox, what sort of advertising would be best suited? If well, I ran a, a dog daycare center. Right. <laughs> obviously I don't think it has right. any re- and uh, not necessarily, but I mean if you look at um, you know, with just the how ads get placed anyway, you're buying time slots. So if if you're sitting down and the new episode of Valerie Fox came out and you're watching and let's say, you know, we have, you know, million, a million or so viewers every week, let's mm-hmm. say, um, then you adjust for what you think that's worth in ad space um, and people are going to put their advertisement on there if they think it's worth it if they're going to get the right eyeballs for the right price. And it's just like any other show where it's just going to cut, you know, you cut to commercials, you know, take take your commercial break, and then, you know, it depends on what's on there. Have you, um, knowing, like, how buyers sort of work, right. they'll look at it, like, the, the, the demographic, the reach, you know, because this mm-hmm. is, oh, you have a million or something like that, but it's very specific to this Right. This, this group of people. Yeah, if the, if the demographics are very specific, it's kind of a tricky thing, but that's where your marketing team comes in to um to sell it to, to figure out yeah because you're still going to have to have you, your production's going to speak for itself and let's say you with what you're saying you know they look at okay x amount of people in this demographic are the ones that are watching this making up the majority of that that's one thing that we should know ahead of time and we should be able to go out and find places and people or companies or businesses that would benefit from that demographic and if you have enough viewership anyway, um, I'm a firm believer that if you have enough eyeballs on, like a, like you know we were talking about the Super Bowl, which is the extreme example, um, you're going to gain you know people wanting to come in and put their ads on there, especially if you're giving them a great price. Right. Well, that's what they're doing on YouTube. Right. Because it's like yeah, and it, it's they're getting a, they're making a killing because <laughs> okay, they're they're getting you know they're not paying out a whole lot per advertising okay so i'm still going back like so what's the difference between what youtube does because youtube has channels right i get what you're saying and they are the the number two search engine behind yep. google and mm-hmm. i think it flops between one and two right so how do you compete if you're, you said you're not competing but how does a advertiser decide decide youtube or so, the or online network, network um, and really what that's going to come down to is you know viewership and what's it worth to them and that like again that's going to be up to the marketing team to convince but you to build your viewership you still mm-hmm. um 
need to use YouTube and Vimeo. You were gonna have to. Portals we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. And and when like we said when we start this thing out, we're gonna use you know our Vimeo and YouTube channel to start it. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be where we're going to start generating our first viewership and trying to promote and go out and do all of our marketing and getting people to watch and generate our numbers. And as the numbers grow, um, hopefully, then what we do is we start the discussion on when is the time to go start working on the online network and placing it on there. And so eventually what happens is if we get enough viewership and we go in there and we get enough exposure, we start creating that network and we create it in such a way that we can entice other production companies and people to do that as well. Um, it's not it's not a guaranteed, um, I guess, success rate, you know, if you go on YouTube that you're going to get, you know, that kind of ad revenue to make a living. Right. It's not necessarily guaranteed. Um, and I believe that there's some good stories out there that if given a little bit more of a team around them or a little bit more of uh i guess production value added then they would benefit from that and become something that people would watch and that's what i think would be enticing for us to gather up more and more content and i think there's a i i I can't remember i was looking at this a while ago there's there's at least i think there's four others online tv networks in their infancy that are like what we want to do and so it's coming it's just a matter of time and and it's going to be you know there's going to be you know fails and successes and you're going to go through those growing pains of a new this is this industry keeps changing and changing and changing and eventually it's going to settle into different you know their different compartments as as it breaks away from the streaming networks or not the streaming networks but the you know network television coming into the online format you're going to have your own little world that things are going to come up and they're going to go away. Right. The ideas are either going to be successful or they're going to drop. And it's it's really with anything that you're trying when you're treading new water. It's, you know, are you going to sink or are you going to make it? Yeah. And it's all dependent completely on your content. And I think if you have the great content that people want to watch, like let's say, let's say our online TV network was the ones that did The Walking Dead, for example, because it's one of the big things right now. Um, you know, people are going to come to our site to watch it. It's just how it's going to be. And some people might wait for it to go on Netflix, but there's a lot of people watching it on TV. Yeah, they, they do, but, the, but you know, when they do a search, I mean, it all ends up so YouTube. Yeah. Because yeah. Like if they're and looking for like, uh, Walking Dead, they're not thinking Walking Dead go to a certain network. They're going no, no, no. The Walking right. Dead. And then because of the way the Google owns search and they own YouTube, right. it, it kind of gets funneled that way. Um, it's very hard to like direct something like, you know, like, Nobody goes to the AMC website. No, no, I get what you're saying saying? there, yes. And, but what this is, you know, as we slowly crawl into the online TV network per se, let's say, um, let's say Valerie Fox becomes really huge and people are watching it. If it is only available on our network at that time, that's where people are going to go find it and they're going to watch it. Yeah, I I get that. but, But again, like, how do you deal with people becoming so accustomed to on demand when they deal with, um, as opposed to like being sort of forced at a time slot. Right. And I think that that comes down to what we were talking about earlier with, I think there are people that will watch. There's enough people that will watch, you know, every week cause they want to know what happened. And if you create a good enough production, people are going to tune in to watch. And now, yes, there are people that will wait for it to come out and binge watch it. But I don't think, I think that the numbers are big enough to where if we did work with Netflix and we had our own, I think we could create our own stream of revenue and then pop it onto Netflix and they 
make a deal with us where we give them it and they people who want to wait for it to come out on Netflix watch it on Netflix that's why I don't think we can circumvent the Netflix scene Okay. That's why we wouldn't have necessarily our own. We'd allow people that are members to come onto our website and watch it after the season's over. Um, and plus, you would, we would provide perks too for memberships. You know, there's different things. You know, drawings. Uh, you know, places, uh, drawings that they'll enter. You know, contests that they can win. You know, access to certain behind the scenes that they no- wouldn't normally be um, privy to. And you know, you know, access to some of the actors. You know, here and there. You know, twit. Twitter feeds, different things like that. It's definitely an ambitious um, undertaking, for sure. Right, um, and it's it's a very, um, it's one of those things where it's a big risk, but it's it's all about how you start and where how you establish the various steps, and that's why you know, okay, we haven't just thrown up an online TV network and gone for it. That's why we're starting in YouTube and Vimeo channels and going to build from there because you, we have to have the content. Yeah. Before we can generate the ad revenue. And so before we can even venture into this big area that we want to go into, we have to take it step by step and see where those, how successful those steps go. Let me ask you, uh, the reason I was looking at my, uh, searching for something because I could think of it at the top of my head. Have you heard of Mark Sester? I have not. Okay, so it's worth probably checking out what he's doing because he is an entrepreneur and capital uh, venture capitalist, and he's invested into this uh, Maker Studios, and they've been around for a while. They're one of the probably I think I've heard Maker Studios leading multi-channel networks and their business plan, and they're coming through it from you know, you know, a lot of money backing from it, but they're also positioning themselves to do I think exactly what you're looking to do, but obviously they've got the. The, yes, uh, the lead star, but mm-hmm. definitely check it out. Mark Suster and right. Maker Studios, mm-hmm. and just uh, watch some of his talks and stuff like right. that. It'll give you a good I- idea where you might be f- fit into all this stuff as you move forward. Yes. So let's go back towards Valerie Fox. So you see, yeah. everything goes step by step. It does. So just because something's independent doesn't necessarily make it good. No, no, that no. Understand. That's so, totally true. So we definitely have this glut of media and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So you, your project of Valerie Fox sounds, you, you know. It sounds ambitious in terms of scope of right. epic and, mm-hmm. and action and, and perhaps there's effects and stuff like that. Right. How do you um, manage or plan to uh, tackle that on, you know, when you when we call like independent bootstrapping, you know? Right. Well, you know, the thing is we've kind of, we're trying to, I guess, raise the standard of the independent thinking as far as like, oh, well, it's independent, so we can't do this, we can't do that. Um, we have put we've tried to put together a pretty big team we're working with ravenous studios uh they work they do like uh they work on grim nbc's grim mm-hmm. they used to work on leverage and they did plurtland oh, effects house yes okay. visual effects house they do a lot of the creature makeup blood okay. effects different things like that and then we uh signed on to work with uh greenwood films and they do a lot of you know film work with uh you know nat geo and different things like that mm-hmm. and we're running we're running with we're using the 5D Mark Threes, mm-hmm. and they got that magic box which I'm not completely familiar with. And they run with we run with three to four cameras, and uh, they bring a lot of the equipment, the lighting, the sound, and all that stuff. And it's all really professionally done. And so I think the biggest way, the only way to tackle a project like this is you have to have the team put together to do it. And uh, so I think we've got that. You know, our makeup artist has done stuff for a lifetime. We have a lady who worked 
doing uh, costume design for Sony Pictures, doing some of the costume design. So um, we've just used our resources and connections mm -hmm. to kind of build the crew that we have. It's taken some time. And we've, you know, we've had different crew members and lost them. And, and as we get better crew members, we have upped what we're doing. Now, do you, is it a labor of love? Are they donating their time? Or are you able to pay them to invest I, money? I, I've been able to pay them some money, fortunately. I've been able to afford, you know, uh, paying some of these people. And I've uh, come out to pay some of the actors and stuff like, or most of the actors are paid. And we've kind of, it's not like, you know, amazing pay, but it's, it's good enough for them mm -hmm. and, you know, the agreed upon amounts. And what we're trying to do right now, we're working, right now we're working with a pretty big budget as far as like indie goes, you know, we're working with, we want a, about 25,000. Mm -hmm. We've put in about 7,500 so far. Okay. And so it is a little bit of an undertaking financially, but I've been able to handle it so far. And right now we're working with some local people doing some fundraisers. Uh, we have a local bar in town that we're holding our first Kickstarter launch party there. Because mm -hmm. uh, we have, we've kind of done some small Indiegogo stuff for some funds. And those are mainly just, you know, uh, funds here and there to help pay for travel costs and different things. And then... I wanted to make sure we built some things first before we even tried to tackle Kickstarter. And so now what we're doing is we're having this big launch party probably in February for the Kickstarter campaign, and we're having a whole fundraiser there. And so hopefully that works out, too, to help generate some more revenue. And by the time this is all done, what we've estimated is it's going to cost about $25,000 for the, the pilot? test pilot. Just yeah. for the pilot. For Just the for the first... test pilot. And that's going to be 45 minutes, an hour or something? Yeah, it'll be roughly a running time of 45. Okay. Roughly. I mean, what do you do in terms of, well, you mentioned that you've gone through like eight drafts of the script and so on. So to get down. Scripts the, are never done. Yeah. So <laughs> I was just going to go to the nitty gritty of like, at what point do you test out whether or not the material works and what systems well, do you have in place? Re you, we rely heavily on um, reads and rehearsals. Mm -hmm. And as great as something sounds in my head as I write, um, it might not sound as good coming out of someone's mouth. <laughs> and so we do a lot of reads or Skype reads or different things like that where we test it out and we, you know, we go through the scenes and see how it works and we figure out what we need to drop off, what we need to put in. Now, uh, this last draft, we overhauled and changed the f entire first half of the script. Um, and like we had said before, it was because we got some more people coming on. Um, people that are interested in doing this project uh, after taking a look at it and seeing what it's about and learning the backstory and what we've got going on. Um, so as we get more crew and better, you know, better equipment and better um, actors, we decide, okay, well, we can do a little bit more and raise that production value. So we have actually, we changed the first half of the script, made it more exciting. Uh, and so with that, we've had to, you know, change certain details of the script because the storyline changed because originally the adopted father in the pilot, it started out where he was alive and then he died halfway through. Well, now he's already dead. He's not even there in the beginning. So we've had to change some storylines. And, and in my world of writing, that's kind of where I come from. And that's where I'm at is the, the screenwriting. And it's just never done. I, I read over it almost daily. And I decide, oh, well, we should probably change this or fix this and do this. And so since January, yeah, this is probably the eighth draft. And we'll probably go into two more before we complete all the principal photography. Let me ask you, uh, in business, 
uh, world, they kind of um, one of the things they kind of talk about is that you you find a problem and you fix the problem, or you, right. a, a set of a customer base or an audience base. There's a, a, a demographic that's out there that has a problem. Yeah, you, you find solve. a need and meet it. Right. So then, um, and then also there's value. So whatever product or service you're creating, you are offering a, a set of value or value to your buying customers. Um, what is in your opinion, like the value of Valerie Fox? Oh, as far as what it'll bring to people viewing? Yeah. Like the people who want to become a fan? Well, I think the, it's all in the characters. We have this rich backstory and I really wish I can get more into it and hopefully after we uh, do the pilot we can come back onto the podcast and I can tell you more um, but we have all these different characters that are have these different backgrounds and different um, things that they've gone through in life and the different ways that they are and so you have like Valerie who's grown up in this like militaristic style environment where she was homeschooled and trained in combat and she's this private investigator has no real she doesn't really like you know mainstream law enforcement she thinks that they're just kind of you know out to get the good guys rather than the bad guys and um, she's kind of hardened and she doesn't really show a lot of emotion then you have her sister who comes in who grew up basically in a Native American environment where she's more into that spiritual um, healing and stuff like that, and so, but she's still in the world of combating these supernatural evils, and so you have all these different characters that I think people. There's gonna be so many different people that can relate to at least one character. I think people are gonna come tune into the show to watch Valerie. Then there's gonna be a different people that are gonna come watch Damien. Different people that are gonna come watch the sister Victoria and um, the Lucifer character, the Michael Archangel Michael or Uriel or what have you. So I think the biggest draw for fans to get out of it, their benefit is to be able to relate to some character in the storyline that can go through real life uh, things and real life issues. And we touch a lot of like. Um, this series has really dwelled into a lot of uh, mythology, legend, as well as um, controversy, like uh, conspiracy theories type of stuff, where we take a lot of the conspiracy theories that have happened over the years and fit them into our storyline and explained those conspiracies with our creatures and characters and how things happen. I mean, Hitler ends up playing a role in here and you come to find out he's one of these old creatures that was considered a vampire. And uh, we got Vlad the Impaler character coming in. The original idea for Dracula came from Vlad the Impaler. Mm -hmm. And so we've pulled from all these different... um, controversies and you know you still have like the controversial jfk shooting and different things that are going to play into this and it's just all these things just rolling into a storyline it's really hard to explain without giving away points that we don't want to give away yet let's let's go and i know it's audio wise but can you paint i'm just yeah like (laughs) like i'm at a comic convention Hmm. i'm walking by your booth right what does the trailer look like a trailer okay just like just right this is you as a storyteller, like it opens up in the yeah. woods or something. Here's Just what, give me something like that. You to know, you'd kind of, I guess what we'd say, you open up, you got like a wooded area. And this is exactly how I'm going to explain basically the first trailer that's going to come out for this. Um, you open up and you see an owl and it kind of blacks out. And then you see like the wooded area, the treetops, and it's kind of, you're coming through, you know, flo- you know, flying above the treetops. And then it kind of blacks out and comes back in and you have this lady running with a baby. <laughs> 
and then you know that kind of blacks out again and then you have her running again and then it blacks out and you got this close-up and she runs into this woman and kind of falls to the ground and the, we see the woman and she's the main villain and you know she's tells the mother to get you know give up the baby christine and christine's the mother character and she's like you'll never get my baby and lucifer shows up and he's been chasing her through the woods and then you have this scene where the angel uriel just smashes down and in our story when the angels have to rip through the fabric of the dimensions because the, there's not heaven isn't in the sky it's in the, another dimension and when they have to come quickly it rips through and that's what creates lightning and so he smashes down to the ground and then he has a battle with lucifer and then the angel gabriel comes down and they take the baby into where who knows where you don't know where she goes and then this battle ensues and then um the archangel michael after lucifer has battled gabriel and uh uriel and is getting the better of them you have you see a shot close-up shot of lucifer from the front and you hear um step away satan and then we pan to the side to reveal michael with his sword and everything floods to white Okay, so that's cool. I mean, it's um. Are you a supernatural fan? Big time. Okay, so that's Big definitely. Time. You know that they've gone strong for what now? Seven years? Seven? Seasons? I think they're on their ninth season. Ninth season. And here's the thing, and that was a tricky thing for me is breaking away and trying to. We have gone through. I have gone back through episode after episode and rewatched the show to make sure we're not following you know their exact path because right. there's a danger when you're a fan and you're writing something similar in the similar genre. There's a big danger of following suit and copycatting. And some of the characters are the same, but it's it's not like Supernatural was the first one to, you know, have angels or demons or the first people to have creatures. And so what we've decided to do is we really have, and I wish uh, you've, you've almost got me saying it, but there's a subtext to these characters that will totally change the perspective and it will be very different and very separated from supernatural okay but at least that like you know you have that same vibe it's same, gonna, yeah, yeah. You're, you're gonna be people who like i think if you go on netflix when we were talking about their genres yeah, yeah. it would probably be something that would suggest if you were if you watch supernatural they would suggest you watch valerie fox okay okay and where can people um follow or, or what's the best place to follow the, the best progress? place right now to follow the actual progress would be you know facebook.com slash valerie fox the show okay and uh we're we're working on our website right now um we've kind of had to go through we've gone through some different some casting changes and so right now we're working on getting photo shoots done to put them up onto our uh website to launch that um and it's basically going to be a landing page um, for the time being until we start really getting into our real principal photography and doing all that. So yeah, right now you go to facebook.com slash Valerie Fox, the show, and you can, you know, follow all the progress as we put it up there. And we're on Twitter too, but you can find that on Facebook. Okay, cool. We got to wrap up. I'm right. Just look at the time because I get going, but you it's know, perfect. it was a pleasure. It so was definitely a pleasure. You made it up here. And <laughs> yeah. It was just good. I like just good talking shop. Me too. Know? Yes. So it's just so yeah. uh, hopefully the listeners or anybody gets a, some value out of it. it was just I hope so like, too. Just opening up like conversation like, oh, what's what the possibilities are. And, and, and there's so many possibilities because it's really open-ended right now. The, this world that's changing for quote-unquote independent filmmakers it's really coming into our hands and uh the storytellers out there really need to take 
that leap and start really putting their stuff out and working on it. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, we'll keep uh, All right. an eye on the development. And, awesome. You know, and just keep us posted and or hopefully those who keep, you know, follow up to see where, where it goes. Of course. So very cool. Great. And uh, good luck in all the meetings you got uh, lined up today. So. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm hoping to get uh, some kind of massage in by the end of the day. Very cool. Very cool. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. All right, James. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Scott.